Hello all, and welcome to the latest episode of the Horror Countdown Podcast. I'm your host, Donna Nelly, and with me tonight is actress Emily Hill. Hello, hello. Hi, thank you for uh, <laughs> joining me. I really appreciate you uh, coming on board. Yeah, no problem. Definitely don't have to twist my arm to get me to talk about horror movies, so... <laughs> Nice. Great. So uh, for today's show, what we're going to be doing is we're going to be looking at our top 10 streaming only films that should have gone to theaters. Yes. So, yeah, this is going to be a pretty fun time because I'm pretty sure like you that there's a lot of films that, uh, you know, probably should have gotten a theatrical experience that uh, didn't necessarily get it. So, um, yeah, yeah. If there's uh, anything you want to talk about, I mean, any thing that kind of jumped out at you when you were watching this any kind of like patterns or trends or like even how you formed your list or something that uh, you'd want to share before we get sure. started I mean it's you know streaming is so interesting because as you know a, a filmmaking collaborator it I I love that you you see obviously a lot of like independent filmmakers getting to have more people see their work thanks to streaming services they're also arguably making less money um and then there's also like a lot of movies that go to streaming services that aren't amazing um so it was kind of yeah creating the list was a lot of like sifting through and I just kind of went with my gut ultimately because when it comes to horror movies I find that I mean I'm into either stuff that's really elevated or stuff that's just like beautiful garbage um <laughs> Um, so I think a lot of the stuff I went with is on one extreme end of that spectrum or the other, but I guess we'll, we'll see. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, for me, um, I, I kind of focused, uh, primarily on, uh, Shutter and Netflix, uh, mm -hmm. just because I figured those would be very easy to say that they're streaming platforms because, you know, the idea of streaming is, you know, very kind of loose <laughs> and it's still pretty new. You know, we're still in like the early stages of getting this kind of off the ground as uh, as a viable distribution platform for a lot of filmmakers. So for sure. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm pretty sure that this is something that you've experienced in some of your films where, you know, they've gone to, you know, like Amazon Prime or they've gone to, you know, various other platforms like that, where it's still technically a video on demand release, but it's still not mm -hmm. technically considered a true streaming thing where, you know, the difference is, is that, is it, you know, can you, is it paying for something before right. you buy it, you know, still considered streaming or is that like an on-demand thing? And then what about free on-demand? Like if you go on to TV and, you know, I, you know, I have access to Showtime, I can mm -hmm. pull a movie off of there. Is that still technically considered a streaming release, even though it's still on the linear channels? I mean, there's, there's tons of arguments that you yeah. can make about that. And I mean, you know, it, it, like I said, it's still, you know, so, so new and so early that this is kind of, to me, I, I figured it was just easier to just look at a platform like, you know, Shutter and Netflix and say, okay, these are viable streaming platforms. You pay for access to it and then you get them. So, I mean, for that, sure. was, that was and kind I of think, where I looked at, looked at it. I mean, for horror, obviously, Shutter has been, you know, so I, I think their, their library is actually very good and they do a good job of kind of uh, finding independent films and, you know, films from all over the world um and giving them a platform so that's really cool um yeah yeah i i mean like i said you know this is a pretty you know a pretty ongoing debate that you know we can probably spend hours you know oh, obsessing sure. over yeah 
But uh, I mean, at the uh, interest of a lot of listeners, I'm not entirely sure that that's a conversation worth having at the present. <laughs> I think fair I'm enough, just, fair enough. I'm just more time will tell. Yeah, I mean, you know, in a few months down the line, this re- could be rendered moot by, you know, new that's films. True too. You know, this could you be rendered know. moot by a few by new films, changes into what's considered streaming or, you know, a new platform that just pops off and says, hey, here's everything that you ever wanted to know. You know, here's, you know, access to everything, you know, stars, Netflix, whatever. Here you go. So, <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure that, you know, in a couple months down the line, this debate can be, uh, you know, revisited with a, a different mindset. But, uh, yeah, if uh, we're ready, I'm uh, interested to uh, dive in and see what you have. Awesome. Yeah, for sure. Cool. So um, I, I guess I'll uh, take the lead here. And um, sure. funny that I said that this was going to be primarily Shutter at Netflix. But uh, number 10 for me is actually on a, not one of those platforms. Um, my number okay. 10. Yeah, my number 10 is actually a different platform. Uh, this is from Tubi. And I have, I have the 2022 film Bed Rest. Okay. Yeah, so uh, this is a, uh, it's a haunted house film. It's about a uh, pregnant woman who is uh, just about to give birth and uh suffers an accident in her home uh there's a you know there's like a, a little in, there's an incident involving a uh a sighting um, i'm not really gonna you know get too deep into this because it's still pretty it's still one that i i don't know a lot of scene but uh she's right yeah she's basically put under bed rest uh mm-hmm. due to you know the title of the film and uh she comes to believe that there's a haunting in the house that requires her to solve the mystery in order to stop these hallucinations from continuing and yeah it's not original but i had a lot of fun with it um those of you who are familiar with the latest scream series will know that the older sister uh i think it's samara yes yeah, the oldest sister. I know who you're it, talking about. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, it's not Jen Ortega; it's the other girl. Um, mm-hmm. She's actually the lead in this. She's really good, and I yeah. think it's it's really fun that the things people know her from are a musical and a bunch of horror movies. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, she's in this, and she's really good. Um, yes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, like I said, she's the oldest sister in the the two new Scream films, so you're you've got a great idea of her there. But yeah, the the film was really good. And, you know, again, nothing original, but it's just this really solid film. Uh, I I really like a lot of the set pieces, and uh, it has a few twists kind of thrown in as there that uh, kind of let it, uh, let it play out in a you know not necessarily a creative fashion, but a keep things interesting so um for me if you can check it out like i said it's on tubi and uh, it's categorized as a tubi original so it'll, it should be pretty easy to find if you look at it under those terms but uh, i went with a 2022 film called bed rest cool i'll have to check that one out i haven't explored tubi too much yeah they, they had a few pop up actually throughout 2022 um there's a couple of others that i really liked called uh, dead zone which was a pretty decent zombie movie okay and they had another um a slasher film called um well they actually had that uh, too um now that i think about it um they had the terror train remake and its sequel which uh, both of those are oh. honorable men- both of those are honorable mentions i actually really like those interesting okay are you a fan of the original terror train yeah um it's probably like in my top five of like the uh, kind of a moot point now but it was in my top five (laughs) of the uh one shot slashers of the 80s but uh 
Yeah, since that's kind of been rendered moot by the uh, remake, I'll have to reclassify that. But uh, yeah, in terms <laughs> of like 80 slashers, I'd probably say it's in my top 10. Nice. Yeah, and it's a really, really fun one. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, Tubi's got some pretty decent stuff. I mean, you know, they, they look their style, you know, they're not exactly, you know, theatrical quality films, but uh, like I said, Bed Rest is one of my favorites and it was the one I liked the most. So Awesome. I, I even think that one was even slated to go to theaters before it dropped on there. So that was kind of one of the reasons why. Um, I, I, I would have to check that to be sure, but I remember reading that. Um, it may have been this one, it may have been something else, but I, I think that they said one of the originals was stated to go to theaters before it dropped on Tubi. So that's interesting. I would think that, yeah, with a bankable lead actress like that, that would do pretty well in theaters as well. So that's interesting. So uh, I guess that moves us to your number 10. Um, so my number 10 is Hush, uh, which came out on Netflix in 2016. Um, as some listeners may know that was written and directed by Mike Flanagan and I feel like I wiggled that one onto my list because I am a big fan of Mike Flanagan's miniseries um, which have thus far been on Netflix and I'm not as big of a fan of his films Um, and he's had other films that did have theatrical runs um, so I thought it was interesting that that the one that happened to be my favorite of his actual just like feature length films rather than like miniseries um was the one that went straight to netflix nice i i have this as a you know again another honorable mention um i i i feel like it's got a great idea but it it does play itself out a little too um repetitively but uh yeah there's some great stalking scenes in there the imagery with the killer's mask is fantastic uh mm-hmm. yeah the you know the She's incredibly sympathetic just because of her handicap, which, you know, kind of adds to a lot of the tension when he finally breaks in, but. For sure. Well, and that's, yeah, Kate Siegel, who, um, for anyone who doesn't know, also happens to be Mike Flanagan's wife. Um, She's incredible. And um, she's been in, I think, almost everything he's done. Um, But yeah, she, she carries the film incredibly well. She's a great, you know, I don't, I almost hesitate to say final girl. The most of the movie is her running from this one single person. Um, But yeah, I think it takes a lot of kind of like classic horror elements and gives it a a fresh enough twist and is done with enough talent to, to really pull the whole thing off. And um, I don't know how you felt about Midnight Mass. I really loved it, but um, in the Flanagan cinematic universe, um, (laughs) the main character in Hush is the author of a successful horror novel called Midnight Mass. So that's kind of the whole, yeah, yeah. thing within a thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Midnight Mass is an interesting one. I think it's my least favorite of the three, but it was okay. the one that I actually liked the most when I first, get, the first couple of episodes, I think was the one that I liked the most. Fair enough. Yeah, um, I, I still enjoy Hill House the most, even though I, I think episode by episode, I actually do prefer Bly Manor. Interesting. I, I think Bly Manor has better specific episodes, but I think if I watch the whole thing as a complete unit, I think Hill House is still my favorite. That Hill House is really strong, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree with that. I mean, and he definitely, um, like Mike Flanagan tends to dip into these like humanists themes with like really long monologues and stuff and i i get that that's not for everybody but i think it lends itself really well to miniseries and like not as well to just movies um 
but yeah, I thought Hush was pretty solid. Yeah, I, I agree. It was another honorable mention of mine. So uh, yeah, I'm definitely on board with that one as well. So uh, move on to uh, number nine. And uh, this is one that I, I feel like absolutely would have done gangbusters in the theaters, uh, especially when it came out. And uh, I, I'm kind of surprised that it actually went to Netflix. Um, so like I said, you know, primarily Netflix and Shudder. But uh, my number nine is uh, Zack Snyder's Army of the Dead. Okay. Yeah, uh, more for the fact that I, I think the bankability of, you know, the the film being Zack Snyder's return to zombie films, having done the, sure. original, De- the original Dawn of the Dead, the fact that, you know, this is uh, littered with A-list stars. Um, I, I mean, you know, Batista's become a huge name in recent years. Right. There's, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I, I mean, you know, there's, uh, why am I blanking on names now? I mean, there, there's a pretty heavy cast, but for some reason, I think that's the only real name that comes to me. But uh, big though, like, yeah, he's, uh, you know, helmed a, a lot of blockbuster movies at this point. So yeah, it is kind of interesting that with a, I hate that I'm reusing this word bankable, but a bankable director, a bankable star. It is kind of funny right. that it would end up streaming. Right. Yeah. Um, so like I said, I, I have that at number nine, uh, maybe a little long in the tooth. I don't think this should have been two and a half hours, but I, I still liked it enough. Uh, great action set pieces, uh, a decent idea for a zombie film. Um, I, I love the central concept of stealing Las Vegas off. I think that's a pretty, pretty cool idea. And, you know, having like the zombie kingdom that arises inside, which is a cool concept that they could have explored a little bit differently. Um, I mm-hmm. haven't seen the prequel, so I don't know much about it. Um, I think is uh, Army of Thieves or something. Um, I'm not sure. Yeah, I, I know that they did a prequel, which uh, was one of the characters, and it was supposedly set just when they sealed everything off. So I, I think it was like during, it was like when they sealed it off, and then I think Army of the Dead takes place like a couple, like a year later. And then uh, the, the prequel takes place during the stages when they're setting the barricade up to block it off. So um, okay. I, again, I haven't seen that one, so I can't say like how this really explores much of the much of anything. But uh, I, I really enjoyed Army of the Dead, and uh, it still is uh, enjoyable enough. Not a you know top tier zombie classic, but definitely uh, you know, I mean, for me as a zombie fanatic and aficionado, uh, definitely hit the itch. So uh, had nice. to. Yeah, I had to include it. So it's uh, number nine for me. Sounds good. Um, so my number nine um, was also on Netflix. It was the 2018 film Cam, um, which is basically about a girl who, you know, works as a webcam girl and she has this doppelganger pop up on an opposing stream. And she kind of like goes on this downward spiral because of that. Um, I think it's a really interesting premise uh i think it could have easily with something that technologically based could have ended up feeling really dated and it avoided that successfully um and madeline brewer is the lead actress in it she is like she's so good she was nominated for an emmy for handmaid's tale she's just really talented um and she gives like a really raw performance in this and um yeah i just think it's really kind of explores the darker side of something that's like very prevalent and and that was really interesting about it 
Yeah, it's an interesting idea. I I liked parts of it, but I, I wasn't a fan of uh, how ambiguous it all was, like where the doppelganger came from, how everything kind of fits together. That's fair. Yeah, it, I, I still really liked it and I still really enjoyed it. But yeah, some of the ambigu ambiguity of it all to, you know, make it seem a little bit more suspenseful kind of just turned me off just enough. But uh, it's still watchable and I still really had a good time with it. So yeah, I'm, I'm really glad that you liked it because I, I, I definitely think that that one would probably be a little bit more closer to um, a female audience than me personally. But that's fair. And yeah, the um the girl who wrote it, um, Issa Massey, I, I feel like I'm going to butcher that. I apologize. Um, but she so I guess she actually did work as a webcam girl and she wanted to do a, a documentary about it, actually, um, but felt like she wasn't accurately portraying the experience and that it had to be a horror movie instead. And I just think that's so interesting that she I don't know that like portraying it as a fictionalized horror film felt more accurate to her than an actual documentary so yeah i heard that there was some uh some personal experience that wove its way in but i, I didn't know that it was actually like um not necessarily autobiographical but like that was the way that she took it so that's yeah uh, it's definitely got some interesting elements and and a really good lead performance so yeah, absolutely. So um, move on to uh, number eight. And uh, this is another one that I've, I've kind of been championing a little bit. It's one of my favorite films of the last few years and uh, not, a, you know, a really big blockbuster film, but one that I, I would really have, I wanted to see in theaters just to get a little bit more of an exposure to it. And I went with 2021's Black as Night. Okay. So, uh, yeah, this is from uh, Amazon. This is one of uh, four films that dropped in Halloween of 2021 as part of uh, Bloomhouse Presents on Amazon yes. Prime. Yes, great series. Yeah, um, Bingo Hell, uh, The Manor, and I always forget the fourth one. Um, I, I think it may be coming up later in my list. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, I guess I'll just leave the uh, leave that alone then for now. But uh, yeah, this was uh, my personal favorite of the four. And uh, so it concerns a teenager in Louisiana who uh, discovers that her uh, community is not just facing, uh, you know, race and uh, equality issues, but is also being infested by a vampire and tries to uh, unite the community to deal with the creatures head on. And Oof. Yeah, I, I I absolutely love this. I had fun with it. I it, again, it's kind of like bed rest. It's not reinventing the wheel. It's not anything original, but it, it's just a fun time. I don't time. think you always have to do that. Yeah, yeah. sometimes you can just you know, yeah. If it works, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> that's uh, kind of what I I took with this one. Yeah, uh, yeah. The, the vampires are really cool. There's a great narrative throughout about you know mixing together. You know we're you know she has to deal with her brother but then she's also trying to deal with her family issues and then she you know she's got her you know schoolwork and all of that plus now she's trying to deal with trying to raise awareness about this vampire coven that's you know who's going to take you seriously when there's a you know you cry oh vampire. Gosh. yeah I mean, I mean you know crying vampire you know who's going to believe you so yeah there's all Ugh. kinds of stuff like that to take place but yeah uh, I, again it's a really fun time one of my favorite um, leads, um, I, the, the main girl in this, I, I, I am not even going to try to pronounce her name, but yeah, she's fantastic in this. I absolutely love her performance. She's, you know, she's a really cool lead and I want to see her do more. 
there's uh you know a few decent action scenes but yeah it's still a lot of fun and uh, if you can see it um as well as the other four which i i don't have but i definitely recommend them uh definitely give this one a shot and i i don't remember if they did it in 2022 i didn't hear much about it but if uh, i think they did put out a, a couple more yeah it wasn't as like regular of a thing but i think they did add a few okay yeah um, i think there yeah, might be like six or seven of them all together now yeah um i i it wasn't at halloween but i think they had one called um inhuman or unhuman uh <laughs> something like that yeah um but I, I don't think it dropped on, uh, it, I don't think it was uh, Halloween specific. I think it dropped earlier in the year, but uh, yeah, I, they're, they're, I, I really want the, the more of these, but uh, if you can check it out, uh, give it a shot. It's uh, 2021's Black as Night. Nice. Yeah. All the, all the uh, Blumhouse Presents ones I've watched, I've, I've enjoyed thoroughly. So awesome. All right. So <gasps> uh, yeah, you're number eight. So my number eight um, was um, I. A lot of mine are I, I didn't purposely focus on Netflix and Shutter, but a lot of mine happened to end up being Netflix and Shutter just because I think their their libraries are a little more expansive and in, in horror specifically. Um, but uh, his house, which came on Netflix in twenty twenty, nice. Um, which basically starts with this refugee couple from South Sudan. And they come to the UK and they're going through immigration and they end up in this house. Um, and it has elements of like this, uh, like very real South Sudanese uh, folklore elements. Um, the main actress, Wunmi Mosaku, is I find her so watchable in everything she's done. I think she just like really nails everything. Um and I think it's like a really good balance of like legitimately great jump scares and like headier material. Nice, yeah. Um, I have this on my list, and I oh will, yeah, yeah. I will uh, discuss my thoughts on it sure, at a sure. later time. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, this uh, moving on to uh, number seven. Uh, this is another one that, uh, much like Army of the Dead, I'm a huge zombie fan, so I'm uh, definitely one to uh, always appreciate those uh, those genre efforts. And uh, this is another one that I, I really, really, really thought would have done gangbusters in the theaters. Uh, you had a bankable star, you had a great premise, you had tons of uh, marketability for it, and uh, I'm kind of surprised nobody ever really gave it a chance. But uh, I have 2019's Little Monsters. Oh, yeah, that's a cute one. Yeah, I, I had so much fun with this one. Um, so yeah, this was right after uh, Lupita Nyong'o kind of uh, just jumped onto the scene with uh, us. And uh, I think this was either her follow up or it was released uh, probably just right out right after that, because I, I think us was kind of like at the end of the year. And this was well, pretty early in 2019. But uh, yeah, I, I absolutely love this movie. Uh, you know, great setup. Uh, just tons of hilarity with the kids not necessarily going along with the adults and uh, being way too aware for their own means yeah uh, the sidekick with uh josh gad is an absolute show stealer <laughs> he's just hilarious and yeah uh you know you have your zombie carnage again on full display you got lupita kicking ass and uh, you know being her you know self and uh probably my uh I'll say this. It's uh, one of the few times I've actually tolerated Taylor Swift's music. 
Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, um, I'll, I'll just leave that as a little in joke for those that have seen it. But um, yeah, I was really surprised that this didn't go to theaters. But yeah, it's still one that uh, I really want more to see because I, I had so much fun with it. But uh, I yeah. went with uh, Little Monsters. That's an awesome pick, definitely. All right. So yeah, your uh, number seven. So my number seven, I this was one of my more uh, elevated ones that made my list. Um, is a movie that came onto Shutter last year called Speak No Evil. Um, and I'm not going to pretend like I think this would have been a blockbuster, but I can definitely see it performing well on you know like the indie theater circuit kind of thing. Um, it's a Dutch movie that. Um, is honestly as much in Dutch and Danish as it is in English. Um, and it's extremely bleak. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's legitimately, like it really got under my skin as um, a person with a certain amount of like social anxiety. Um, it definitely, I feel like the phrase fuck politeness has made the rounds the last couple of years. It, it definitely plays into those kind of... Uh, you know, social situations where you feel uncomfortable and you feel like you have to be polite about it and, and, you know, how far you let someone push that. And it, um, yeah, it was just, just really chilling, uh, really just made my skin crawl from an anxiety standpoint. And then by the end it was crawling for other reasons, just absolutely horrifying. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I, I remember watching this, but I don't remember too much about it. Um, I, I I do remember, you know, the fuck politeness part. I, I do remember um, like bits and pieces of the early, you know, them initially meeting. I don't remember like everything that went on when they first got together and they agreed to the, you know, little situation. Yeah, it's basically, I for anyone who hasn't seen it, it's basically like these two families meet on vacation. And so they, um, and one invites the other to their home um for like a another vacation a a little ways down the road so they're like basically strangers but they're staying in these people's house and they're they're you know acquaintances rather than close friends and so it's that kind of navigating that social space but being like is this just me or is that actually weird and invasive or problematic um just really (laughs) got to me Yeah, um, I, I mean, I can understand where a lot of a lot of people liked it. Um, I, like I said, I I don't really remember much about it. So it's, uh, it's slow. So I can see yeah. how it would maybe not be. It's definitely like a slow build, and I think it would definitely like get under certain people's skin and not others, um, which is fine. All right, so I'll move on to uh, my number six and. Sure. Uh, this is a uh, festival favorite of mine that I saw a couple of years before it dropped. And uh, I'm really glad that uh, once it finally got to streaming, uh, it's uh, sort of become a uh, really big and uh, really popular effort. I went with uh, 2022's Hellbender. Okay. Yeah, um, I, I absolutely enjoy this one. Um, so uh, it's basically about a uh, woman who uh, lives with her daughter out in the middle of the countryside. Uh, she's sort of uh, kept away from everyone. They don't really interact with anyone. Uh, the mother it goes in, does when she goes into town for supplies, but keeps the daughter pretty uh, 
distanced away from everyone. And uh, as she decides to start growing up and, you know, wants to leave the nest, she ends up uh, coming into contact with a group of teens and things kind of spiral out of control when there's a uh, witchcraft related secret that gets uh, revealed. And I, I, I really enjoyed this one. Um, they, the family dynamics is really interesting because it's a legitimate mother and daughter. Um, I think yes. the... I think the dad is also involved. Um, yeah, it's it's like the three of them make films together. It's really cool. Actually. Yeah, it's a yeah, it's the, uh, like I said. I, I I know that they're a genuine family, and I know that they all make the, uh, films together. And uh, I I think the dad's involved in the film as well. For um, I think he's one of the victims, but I'm not entirely sure. Um, I haven't that tracks. Yeah, I haven't seen him. I haven't seen him often enough to know what his face is, but uh, I, I know the two girls and uh, yeah, the, they're a legitimate mother daughter team. And that makes the uh, interactions really interesting, uh, especially as things kind of escalate and, you know, she, you know, her powers kind of start coming to the forefront. And, uh, you know, the, the title makes a little bit of sense when you realize what's going on, but yeah, yes. the, the film is really fun and I, I really enjoyed it. I definitely try to recommend this to uh, lots of others and try to get their involvement on it. So uh, yeah, if you haven't seen it, definitely give it a shot. But um, my pick for number six is Hellbender. That is that is a very good pick. And I, I'm trying to think of how to explain my feelings about Hellbender. It was, I think maybe not for me, but I respected it still. Does that make sense? It was very interesting. It was visually interesting. The music was interesting. It had a lot, it has a lot of like shades of Carrie, which is cool with as far as like the mother daughter dynamic and the, you know, pushing back against the girl growing up kind of vibe. Um, But yeah, I would definitely watch anything that um, I'm forgetting their name, but anything that they make, I would definitely watch based on watching hellbender because it, it, even if i was like okay that was like a little weird for me and maybe not my personal taste it's like it's like interesting they definitely have like a unique talent right yeah um i i think they're supposedly coming out with a new one later this year so i'm definitely intrigued to see where it goes definitely yeah so uh, i guess that moves us to your number six okay so i felt conflicted about this one and and I feel like it landed in the middle of my list for that reason. Um, I'm for number six going with The Perfection, which came on Netflix in 2019. Um, stars Allison Williams as, um, which I'm I'm obsessed with her career pivot into horror. I think, <laughs> I mean, obviously Megan has proved that she can be very bankable both as a horror producer and star. Um, But I just think that's so fun. Like when I saw her in Girls, I never would have been like, that's what she's going to (laughs) do. But uh, and even after Get Out, I was like, that was kind of a fluke because that's, you know, Jordan Peele is a big deal. No, she's like fully like, I love horror movies. This is what I'm doing now. Um, And the perfection is basically it's it's her and another girl um, who are both have a relationship to a and like elite music school um and it it, there's like a competitive element and sabotage I don't know how to explain it further without spoiling it for anyone who hasn't seen it except to say that the plot is completely bonkers (laughs) it's um just completely unhinged um but I think I I knew I had to put it on the list because the very final image of the film like lives in my brain rent free. And so I think there's 
got to be something to that. Yeah, I, I think I'm kind of like you with um, Hellbender with this one. Um, I in, I respect it, but I don't really feel it's for me. Um, That's fair. Yeah, I, I like the setup. I like the idea of what goes on in here. Um, I, I, I'm just not really drawn to it um, that much. So... No, that's totally. And yeah, it's kind of, it's just insane because it, what's the first half of it, the plot of the first half could have been a movie in and of itself. But then the second half, it just like spirals out into bonkers land, which I, I respect. <laughs> like if, if you're going to go nuts, just go nuts. And, and the perfection really went there, I think. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, I, I, I haven't seen it in a while, so I don't really remember much about it. But yeah, I, I definitely remember it was one where I, I was, I, I was interested. I was enjoying it enough to stay invested, to stay watching it. But it wasn't one that really was that last left a really big impression on me after. Yeah, that's. I I feel like if it weren't for that final image, I might I might agree with you. But yeah, for whatever reason, and I I won't give it away because it's really kind of like striking. For some people, and maybe not for others, but um, but yeah. <laughs> All right, so uh, move on to uh, number five, and uh, well, I don't have much to add because this is his house. So uh, yeah, this is where um, I had it on my list. Uh, nice. Yeah, um, I, I don't have um, much else to add, but uh, yeah, it, great atmosphere, fantastic setup, tremendous jump scares. And I, I love the whole twist. Uh, I, I think all of that is just fantastic. Yes. The I, twist I, legitimately got me, which doesn't happen yeah. very often. But I legitimately was on my couch like, oh, oh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this is just a, a great one. Um, yeah, it's so good. So well made. Uh, yeah, it's a shame that this one didn't go to theaters. But uh, yeah. yeah, that's uh, my number five. Awesome. So yeah, move on to uh, your number five. So my number five, I didn't even notice until now how funny it is that this and the perfection ended up next to each other. Um, but this was actually the fourth installment of Welcome to the Blumhouse, which was 2020's Nocturne. Um, and it's basically, if I had to explain it very simply, it's kind of like Black Swan, but if you sub ballet for classical musicians and add occult elements. <laughs> um, and it's it's Sydney Sweeney stars as one of two fraternal twins and her twin is like a prodigy and she's working really hard at being good at musicianship, but it, you know, it doesn't come to her as naturally and it just really, you know, I think attacks that whole elitist world, you know, in a, in a way that's almost like smarter than, than it has any right to be. Um, but I also just find Sydney Sweeney to be insanely watchable. I think, I think she's adorable. She's got those big eyes, which makes her great for horror and nobody loses their mind on screen better than Sydney Sweeney does. <laughs> um, so she just like, you know, totally, you know, spoiler alert, totally descends into madness over this, you know, like pressure to be great. Um, and there's these really cool occult elements with this like magical sheet music, which sounds corny when I said it just now, but it's actually very cool. Um, I don't know. I've just never like haunted sheet music. Are you kidding me? 
How come <laughs> nobody thought of that before? Uh, there is a, a similar a similar one. Um, it's a film called uh, Paganini Horror from 1989. Okay. Yeah. Um, so the idea is that uh, the uh, the classical composer um, Paganini wrote this uh, cursed piece of music that was going to uh, summon demons from the underworld, and this uh, fledgling metal band gets a hold of a gets a hold of the copy of it and uh, uses it in their song. And when they play it it ends up uh, uh transporting them into an alternate universe that actually sounds really familiar i feel like i might have seen that at some point yeah it's a really cheesy low-budget italian horror film from the late 80s um yeah. but yeah it it's a lot of fun and uh, i i definitely enjoy it um nocturne yeah now that you said it, that kind of rings a bell as to the the last of the Blumhouse ones yeah yeah i i i definitely agree um not on my list but i i'm definitely on board with a lot of what you said it was uh, definitely <laughs> a lot of fun <laughs> yeah no for sure and i think you know again i noticed this was a trend throughout a lot of mine that in a lot of them there's just like a really strong female lead who makes it but i think i think that tracks because i think in a lot of horror that's what you know you really identify with when you watch it so yeah stand by it <laughs> yeah definitely so um well interesting you say that uh, my number four um we're staying on netflix and uh we're going with the babysitter okay <laughs> that that's a little ways down the road on my list as well nice. babysitter's great <laughs> Yeah, I had fun with it. Um, I, I mean, the, the initial setup is just fantastic. I, I love the whole idea of if he would have just stayed in damn bed and let everything mm -hmm. transpire, none of this would have happened. But yeah, uh, with how everything goes down, yeah, I, I definitely uh, echo his sentiments. Uh, great cast, a lot of fun, great set pieces. Um, I, I mean, I, I hope I'm not really stealing your thunder but no no i mean there's plenty i could say but yeah it's a it's a tremendously fun movie yeah um it's definitely like just that we're not really gonna think too deeply about things we're just gonna throw it throw it at the wall and see what sticks and yes. yeah it, it, it's definitely which a it does incredibly well <laughs> exactly yeah <laughs> so yeah uh my number four is the babysitter nice um, yeah, great pick. And I'll, I'll definitely have a couple things to say about that in a sec. But um, so my number four was also on Netflix. And technically, this is three movies, but I made it one because it's one story. Um, the Fear Street trilogy, which came out in 2021, um, as many people may know, based loosely on the young adult series by R.L. Stein, um, and directed I feel compelled to point out by Lee Janiak, who also directed the very excellent 2014 uh, horror movie Honeymoon. Um, but yeah, I just I it's so it's a trilogy of movies that take place chiefly in the first ones in the mid 90s. The um, second ones in the late 70s and the last one is in 1666 and they're each in kind of like a different style depending on like when it takes place and I just really I I appreciate a very straightforward homage um a lot of really great performances from from young actors um a, a queer love story throughout it's you, you love to see it 
indeed you do, because that one is also one I will be talking oh, about at oh. a later time. <laughs> well, then I'll, yeah. I'll say no more then. But um, yeah, but yeah um, definitely. I of, of the three, I will say I probably liked the second one the best just because I really love that like late 70s, 80s summer camp slasher like that could be a whole genre in of itself that I really particularly adore um but yeah I definitely think stylistically there's something there for all horror fans and and I think especially people who are a fan of the genre will will definitely appreciate all three of them yeah um all right so uh for my number three uh this one may not be as much of a surprise Based on the previous uh, films I've mentioned here, uh, you should know by now that I'm a pretty big zombie fanatic. Mm -hmm. And that means uh, my number three is 2020's Blood Quantum. Okay. Yeah, this one absolutely worked for me. Um, I I love the whole idea of this one. So uh, basically, it's a post-apocalyptic zombie film. Uh, The virus has already overtaken the Earth, and everybody's already, uh, you know, the, the virus is already spread mm-hmm. and there's this small tribe of uh in uh, indigenous folk in uh, this remote part of canada that has a immunity to it where they can't naturally catch it and they've decided instead of taking the fight to the zombies they've decided fuck all of you we're just gonna stay by ourselves and we're going to isolate and stay by ourselves and mm-hmm. w- when they end up coming into contact with it when they decide to rescue somebody you know just out of the goodness of their hearts it starts off this huge you know this there's you know like a whole slew of things i mean there's you know all kinds of like racial issues right. there's all kinds of inner political issues that uh i'm not really privy to not being a canadian but luckily I talked about this on a podcast with somebody that was Canadian who really enlightened oh, me. Nice. About, yeah, really enlightened me on a lot of uh, what went on here. Um, a lot of the ties that kind of uh, run throughout the film and how everything kind of comes together. Really, really enjoyed it. And uh, yeah, definitely one that uh, I, I definitely gave me a new appreciation for based on that conversation. But yeah, I, I, I was in love with the film already before that. And uh, yeah, that didn't uh, do anything to dampen my fears. It was a, uh, definitely time like i said great zombie movie i'm a huge fan of the genre and yeah uh there's a lot that goes on here i mean it's got a lot of you know you know it's not just you know the blood and gore or i'm just gonna you know do the walking dead kind of a zombie thing or you know i'm not gonna do like a night of the living dead kind of a yeah, and I, I think that's the challenge with zombie movies in particular anymore, because I feel like for a couple of years, like when The Walking Dead really took off, it was like zombies were just, I don't want to say done to death, not least of all, because that sounds like a bad pun. Um, but <laughs> but yeah, I think like starting to see like really quality zombie films again has been really nice. <laughs> right, yeah. I mean, everybody's always done, you know, the lone survivor stalking the wilderness with the zombie hordes trailing them, right. you know. Who's more, you know, who's more evil than, you know, the the humans that you encounter who survived all this time or the zombies who are eating everybody. And yeah, it's definitely just fun to uh, get something else. And, uh, you know, I I mean, the other two on my list are definitely like that as well. But I I still think this is the best of the bunch. So, uh, yeah, number three for me is Blood Quantum. So I, I struggled with my number three a little just because after I worked and reworked this list i was like is this even a horror movie um but i ultimately decided it had enough horror elements that i felt 
I felt good about it. I, I kept seeing the phrase erotic thriller thrown around online to describe it. Um, I, I would, anyway, The Voyeurs, uh, which came out on Amazon in 2021. Um, I really, really enjoyed, this is another Sydney Sweeney vehicle. Um, again, I, I find her just compulsively watchable and like nobody does obsession and spiraling better than she does in my opinion um but it's it's basically like a darker more sexually charged rear window <laughs> um basically like uh sydney sweeney's character and her boyfriend move into this apartment and they can see into the apartment across the way and they start to get or sydney sweeney's in particular starts to get like really invested in their lives and it gets like dark and then darker and then darker um and when i questioned is this a quote-unquote horror movie i was like there's at least one dead body and there's at least one set of breasts so i feel like it counts hmm. nice i don't think i've seen this one so i'm uh definitely gonna have to check this one out because it sounds interesting uh yeah I, I i don't know if i've ever seen this yeah, and I mean, it, I not without trying to make it seem headier than it really is, it does kind of raise a lot of questions about, you know, voyeurism, obviously, but like what qualifies as invasive when we like put ourselves on display as much as we do anymore, and like, um, like who's you know the the watched and the the watchers, and I don't know. Yeah, I I just thought it was again not. It didn't have to be innovative. I just thought the the casting was really good. It's, and Sydney Sweeney is so watchable. I think that now that she's such a big star, thanks to Euphoria, I think that any film she's in would probably do well in the theater, especially horror. I think that's like her genre. Mm, nice. Yeah, I'm uh, definitely gonna have to check this one out because uh, yeah, it it sounds interesting, but I don't think I've seen it. So yeah, that's uh, one to the watch list. I'm gonna nice. Yeah. So uh, number two for me is uh, one we've talked about. This is Fear Street. Nice. So I, I loved all three. Um, I'm I'm maybe a little bit more partial to one, but I, I I will oddly say this. I think two is a little bit better of a movie. I enjoy it is an entertainment value. I like one a little bit more, but I think it's I think two is just a little bit uh, better made. I, I do like a lot of what it does there. I like the the well, camp. and Sadie Sink is so good. I I I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm like I feel like I'm so fixated on all these like really great actresses. I can't help it. Um, it's but, all good. Yeah, uh, yeah. She is great, obviously. So that doesn't hurt. Exactly. Yeah. Um, three is an in, is an interesting one because it's kind of rather it's like it feels like an odd one out because it jumps around more for sure yeah because one is exclusively 94 two is like 95 percent because you hit the you have the bookends in 94 and then everything right. else is 78 and then three is like 50 50s you know half of it right. 66 and then the rest of it finishes off in 94 but overall, I, I, I still really like all three. Uh, they each have their moments. They all have uh, something to like about them. One has a great 90s aesthetic. I, I love the way that everything so feels. Fun. Yeah, the, the group is really the group is really interesting and I really like the way that they come together as friends. Two has yeah, some great ensemble cast. Yeah, two has some fantastic set pieces. I, I love the summer camp aesthetic. Mm -hmm. 
And yeah, three is really interesting just because of the way that all the twists come together, all the storylines get resolved. And yeah, there's a lot of, there's a lot going on. I don't think it needed as much. So it, to me, three is always, three is always the, la- the odd one out, but yeah, overall, I, I really liked all three and the, yeah, I, I think as a trilogy, I think you have uh, a lot to like here. So uh, number, so, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Number two for me is the uh, Fear Street series. Excellent pick. Yeah, that was definitely, definitely a two thumbs up from me. Um, so my number two, um, you you also touched on. Um, so we just like flip-flopped these, I guess. Um, I put the babysitter as my number two. Um and I I was almost a little surprised that it ended up that high on the list for me. I'm not usually a big fan of like the blend of horror and comedy because I think it can when it's done well, it's so much fun. When it's done badly, it's just like so bad. Um, but I think I think the babysitter just like hits all the right notes. I think McGee is such a, like a fascinating director to me because he only does big and flashy, um, and he's perfect. Samara Weaving is great, and she has that that you know same really cool energy that she brings to to Mayhem and Ready or Not. Um, and I have to shout out Ken Marino as the the main character Cole's dad I he cracks me up in everything he's in <laughs> and I just I just love that he's there <laughs> yeah the parents are a great highlight I I yes. love the little flashbacks to the both of them in their on their date that they they have some they have some nice uh, scene stealing moments there definitely yeah all right so uh guess that moves us to number one and <sighs> yeah uh this is one that i i've i just fell in love with um everything about this one just worked for me um i i love just you know the zaniness the you know kooky atmosphere just great scares great setup and uh some of the most endearing characters i've ever come across in the genre my number one is 2020s anything for jackson okay yeah, this one is, I, I, I fell in love with this one when I first saw it. So um, what happens here is a uh, elderly couple, they're, you know, 60s or beyond, and they kidnap this young teenage girl who's uh, about to give birth. She's, uh, you know, I, I think she's like a month away from giving pregnant, from giving birth or something, but uh, they kidnap her and hold her in their house. And uh, as it turns out, they're about to sacrifice the um still unborn uh kid as a uh, offering to bring back their grandchild who uh died several years earlier in a car accident and things don't quite go the way everyone plans and uh we'll just leave it at that i i i just i love the two the uh two uh, you know grandparents in here they you know they don't seem like the type of people you think of when you think you know satanic sacrifice yeah. And yeah, um, their, their scenes together are great. I, I love the atmosphere of the house as things go crazy when they start the spells and all the various little shenanigans and, you know, creatures that pop up. There's uh, some great scenes there. Comedic value is kind of a, a little uneven, but uh, I, I still I just enjoy this one. And uh, it's one that I think would have absolutely done gangbusters in the theaters. Awesome. So, I'll have to bump that right to the top of my to watch list because you're, yeah, you're 
a thousand percent selling it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like I said, this one just absolutely works for me. So uh, number one is uh, anything for Jackson. Awesome. Um, so this is so funny because my number one, as soon as I knew we were doing this category, I knew this was going to be my number one because it might have been one of my favorite, not might have been, it definitely was one of my favorite movies of last year. Um, if not my favorite movie of last year, I haven't really decided yet. I think I have to sit on that for a minute, but, um, it's my, also my only pick from Hulu and it is fresh, uh, starring Daisy Edgar Jones as a girl named Noah and Sebastian Stan as a guy who she meets in the grocery store and, uh, embarks on an organic relationship with, cause she's so burnt out from dating apps and, uh, it sounds like such a simple premise. I've struggled to explain it further to people uh, without feeling like I'm spoiling it. Um, but I just think, I think Fresh was a perfect example of a horror movie that doesn't have to do anything innovative. It just like brought like a, a fresh viewpoint to a kind of like a classic setup of like, here's a wolf in sheep's clothing and here's like a really watchable you know, female protagonist who needs to get out of this insane situation. Um, it added in an element of like a really strong female best friend who saw through everything, which was really relatable because I feel like otherwise we might've been sitting there watching it like, oh my God, like who would do that? Um, but you kind of have the the friend there for, for levity um, and picking up all these like virtual clues that get left. And yeah, it's kind of just addresses all the, I'm, I'm a serial monogamist myself, um, but it addresses all the hypothetical fears I would have about dating strangers. <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah, I, and yeah, I just think it it's crazy. Cause I mean, Sebastian Stan is like a bankable name. I feel like, I mean, he's, you know, a, a Marvel movies regular Daisy Edgar Jones is kind of like, on the come up, but I think she's, you know, very, very watchable and very talented. I've, I've liked everything I've seen her in. So I, I think this would have maybe been kind of like a sleeper hit, but, but still could have definitely done well in the theaters. Also, it takes place mostly in a gorgeous mid-century house um, that I was so obsessed with. I tried to look it up thinking that this has got to be a real mid-century house. Like in, um, I think they shot it in British Columbia. Um, no, it was just a really, really, really well done set of a fake mid-century. <laughs> so I was <laughs> very impressed with, with that in and of itself. Um, but yeah, definitely, you know, it does doesn't get too complicated and it doesn't need to it just like does exactly what it needs to do no more no less and just a really good central characters and i mean i don't think i'd be spoiling it to say sebastian stan seems so nice but then with that just one little hint of like what is it about you like i can't put my thumb on it but there's something not Right. And, uh, you know, when a woman doesn't listen to her gut, it sometimes goes very wrong. So anyway, yeah, that was uh, I, I sat down, tried to think of like 
my favorite films of of last year just like in general and fresh was the only one that i had like watched and then rewatched multiple times um yeah just really just insanely watchable really stylish without being over the top and just yeah Nice. Uh, would have been number 11 if we would have kept on going. Uh, this was uh, the last one on my honorable mentions. And, oh, really? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I wanted this one on the list, but I just couldn't make it there. Um, yeah, I, 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 I agree. There's a, a lot to like here. I love the the, the various back and forths that uh, go about between the two of them is, uh, you know, she you know, as the date goes on and, uh, you know, everything just gets turned upside down. Some great twists. Uh, far more uh compelling uh psychological issues than i was really given it credit for because i like right. you, i thought it was pretty just you know cut and dry like you know he's just there to you know take her and control her and you know things go from there but yeah uh as it went on i was uh, really impressed and really like i i really got in like immersed in this and yeah, yeah the there, there's some great stuff in here um it really killed me that uh, i had to leave this off the list but yeah that was uh but that was number 11 if we would have gone any further but yeah well there you go <laughs> <laughs> but yeah um so cool. yeah uh guess that will uh conclude things so uh before we leave awesome. do we have any uh honorable mentions or uh anything that uh just barely missed the list I would, that's I was trying to think I there are a ton one that I kept thinking about that I couldn't quite bring myself to put on the list was um host which I think came out in 2020 um and that was basically like um I think I was just impressed with it on principle that it was like a fairly well done horror movie that was done all completely over zoom so it's just kind of like a necessity breeds artistic uh you know something compelling artistically um yeah. so i just thought it, like conceptually it was interesting and like well done for what it was um maybe not like the best horror movie i've ever seen or anything but definitely you know watchable and you know impressive for what it was yeah that was kind of the way i was with that one as well um i i think the idea of it is better than the actual execution but That's yeah I, I i still give it a lot of props for going through and actually doing it uh like I said, uh, a couple of the ones that uh, I've mentioned already, uh, you know, Hush, um, Fresh, and, uh, you know, the Terror Train films, um, those are also on my list. But uh, the last one I wanted to uh, shout out was uh, one that I, I really, I, I seem to be on the uh, opposite end because I don't see a lot of people actually following up on it. And uh, I, I seem to be one of the ones that's actually championing it. And uh, it's a film called Relic from 2020. 20 i think um so basically that sounds familiar yeah there's a bunch of films that kind of have a similar title um so basically it's about a uh, woman and her daughter who go visit her grandmother uh there's been reports that uh, she's kind of losing her mind and uh there's some kind of issue going on with uh what to do with the house and you know like is it saying there that's making her slip further and further into dementia or something like that um i i don't really remember a lot of the details because i i i've only seen it the one time but um yeah as it turns out that there's a figure there's a force inside the house that, that actually is causing uh the condition which is affecting the grandmother and it soon comes to uh target the mother and daughter so streaming service did that come out on uh at the time i want to say it was hulu 
Um, okay. I don't, like I said, that was one of the reasons why I, um, it was also because I haven't seen it, but um, I also wasn't sure if it was a, if it was an original one or if it was just one that they picked up and distributed. So like I said, a lot of I'm the other sure. ones. I did see that and I did really enjoy it. So if that counts for our category, I, that might throw my whole list into turmoil. If I'm being honest, I thought Relic was very well done. Yeah, um, like I said, I, I don't really remember um, all of the details about it, but it was one that I, I you know, I, I saw it on a streaming service, so it was one that kind of popped up because we were sure. doing this, so yeah. Um, no, great, just because yeah, great I was, atmosphere and that kind of, you know, that that theme that when it's done real well, I think really works of like, yeah. is, is it dementia or is it something more sinister? Right, um, yeah. Which um, are both scary outcomes in their own way. Exactly. Yeah. Like I said, it was one that I, I really wanted, but I couldn't really remember much of the details about it. So I kind of kept it off just because uh, I was a little bit more sure about some of the other ones. But some I of mean, these that came out in 2020, it was hard to kind of, yeah, decide if it like counted because there were a lot of movies that were supposed to, I think, have theatrical runs in 2020 right, and then yeah. ended up getting shifted to streaming for obvious reasons. So, right. Yeah. yeah that, that was tricky. kind of like I was, uh, that's kind of where I was with that one. And yeah, that yeah, one would have also would have also really impacted my list so um fair enough no yeah. I, I would recommend that one as well all right cool. so uh yeah i guess that will uh finish it off so thank awesome. you so much for coming on this was yeah was a lot of fun my pleasure yeah definitely i yeah. you definitely gave me some new ones to watch and yeah same here <laughs> nice yeah so uh before we go do we have uh any place we can uh find you and uh, your work online any links or uh social media things you want to shout out and share sure. um well i so my instagram is at m e m uh underscore uh like u g h h h underscore l y like m ugly <laughs> i'm funny um to just yeah that's the easy way to keep up with my work but i specifically would definitely want to plug um bishop's cove is a horror film that i just wrapped um we worked on it actually we like started principal photography literally like as the pandemic was hitting um so we were kind of were forced to just shoot it here and there over the last couple of years and we finally wrapped principal photography on it um a couple months ago and so it's in the uh editing stages and i'm so excited to see how it turns out so i would encourage you know you can easily search it you know that there's a presence on instagram for it. it's bishops underscore cove um i that's going to be like a really really good one that i'm i'm real proud of so and any horror fans i i would recommend <laughs> <laughs> i'm biased but <laughs> yeah <laughs> All right. Well, uh, yeah. Thank you uh, so much for joining us. And Thanks for having me. Yeah. We will see you next time with a new topic. So awesome. Until then. Till then. <laughs>